This is District Sentinel Radio. It's the newscast of record. For the left, I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. And we're broadcasting out of Washington, D.C., a still smoky Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. This is the show we do for you, our subscribers. Thank you for your support. We'll have the garbage can rolled out at the end of the show. Got some file follies to get to. But first, uh, here are the home addresses for the conservative Supreme Court justices. <laughs> I don't actually have them, but uh, probably wouldn't be a bad idea to start the show reading off some home addresses of some conservative Supreme Court justices. Now, now that would that would be irresponsible. Uh, however, I will say that if you take the uh, red line. Uh, to the Friendship Heights Metro stop in Washington, D.C. It's not a bad place to start. Another uh, real shit week for the Supreme Court. Uh, The last two days, probably going down in history as some of the worst decisions ever uh, out of the Supreme Court. I mean, there have been worse decisions, but so many in such a short span of time. Uh, In just the last two days, we've seen the 6-3 conservative majority on the high court finish off uh, affirmative action, ruling that race-conscious admissions programs at Harvard and the University of North Carolina violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment, the same clause that the court had used historically to prevent discrimination used to uh, get rid of school segregation, state forced school segregation in Brown v. Board of Education now being used to make college campuses more segregated. Um, yeah, it's it's reverse racism. They just ruled that reverse racism exists, and they did it with the uh, the amendment that was written into the Constitution <laughs> to abolish slavery. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so fucked. It is really <laughs> fucked. So, and like the country is being run by fucking Reddit, dog. <laughs> Writing the majority opinion, Chief Justice John Roberts did carve out a loophole where universities can still consider race, but only as something that an applicant has overcome or uh, cited as a disadvantage in like a personal statement. And then you can allow you can you can be moved by that statement to give admission to this person. But you can't strictly on the basis of their race. Also, interesting thing is it doesn't apply to military academies. Uh, the the majority ruling carved out military academies. They can still uh, use race conscious admissions processes because the military has said that diversity is a strength and they don't want to get rid of that. Of course, what this really means is that the Supreme Court uh has a problem with doctors, lawyers, engineers, boardrooms having uh 
having diversity, but when it comes to cannon fodder, when it comes to dying on the fucking battlefield, you better bet that minorities are represented to their fullest, if not overrepresented. Well, I mean, to be fair, the the military academies are for the officer class, which is less likely to be cannon fodder, but, uh, you know, they, they obviously still get, um, murked. I, my mind wandered to the place of, uh, like the emancipation proclamation and the fact that the forces of reaction were defeated so soundly during the civil war because the U S army armed, uh, you know, escaped slaves and I'm, I'm just thinking like, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to like, you know, think about where did the Confederates mess up and how can we sort of like rectify their mistakes? I don't know if that might only make sense in my, uh, in my incredibly jaded skull. Well, this was just Thursday because on Friday, the Supreme Court followed up with two more awful decisions that were even worse as far as like the basis of those decisions. Supreme court really just making shit out of thin air with these two. Uh, first off the court legalized LGBTQ discrimination based on a totally made up case, a totally made up case about a person who is not a web designer, it might be a web designer one day, hasn't designed any websites, conceived of a situation where a fictitious gay couple asked them to make a wedding website for them and then filed a complaint about how that would re- violate this web designer's religious beliefs. I, I will say that with WordPress, pretty much anyone can be can be a web designer. Yeah. So that is like not as offensive as the fact that they just totally made up a gay couple. Yes. <laughs> they just totally this, fucking pulled it out of thin air. Right. This is out of Colorado, which has a state law that bars businesses from discriminating against customers based on a variety of things, including... Uh, sexual orientation and gender. Um, And again, this is a a, a totally made up case about a website designer and a fictitious gay couple that the Supreme Court took up and said that in this fictitious case, the website designer's religious freedoms were infringed upon by this Colorado law and struck it down. (laughs) Look, if I ever wanted to become a web designer, my religious beliefs prevent me from doing that because someday, you know, I could be asked to make a website about a gay wedding. Um, yeah, that it's it's so dark. And a hat tip to Melissa Jira Grant, who uh, the day before the decision came out, wrote an article in the new Republic that was outlining like, yo, this shit is totally made up all the way down. And it really sent a chill down my spine in the context of like 
all this shit reactionaries are making up about gay people and queer people and trans people and all this groomer shit. So what's stopping the court from taking away transgender rights on the theory that someday, somewhere, a child might genuinely identify as a cat? It does not have to be true if enough Republicans are whining about it. And then the Supreme Court followed it up with another decision that struck down President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, essentially stealing 10 grand, in some cases 20 grand, from millions of people. Six conservative Supreme Court justices just stole thousands and thousands of dollars from millions of people. Again, those home addresses are... (laughs) Oh, man. Look, that is totally irresponsible. However, if you get off... (laughs) At uh, if you take the if you take the metro from National Airport and transfer at Metro Center, get on the red line toward Shady Grove. This decision too, in this case too, no one was harmed. There was no harm done to anyone that the court decided to take up this case and rule. Uh. The American Prospect noting that the suit was brought by the state of Missouri on behalf of the Missouri Higher Education Loan Authority, arguing that MOHELA, which is the acronym for this agency, will lose revenue as a result of debt cancellation. Therefore, MOHELA won't be fake. Able, <laughs> therefore, it won't be able to uh, meet certain other obligations. So it's being victimized by Biden's program. Well, as the prospect reported, last October, Mohella admitted in a letter to Rep. Cory Bush that its executives, quote, were not involved with the decision of the Missouri Attorney General's office to file for the preliminary injunction in federal court. Missouri Attorney General had to obtain documents from Mohella through state sunshine law requests in order to use them in the lawsuit. And that really Mohella actually stood to gain revenue if debt cancellation goes forward because it received additional servicing rights and its liability on certain accounts would be extinguished. So for this case, the state of Missouri had to make up a victim to have standing to be able to sue a victim that will tell you it's not being victimized. And the Supreme Court bought that one too, took that one up too, to again, steal thousands and thousands of dollars from millions of people. I get why they're not saying anything because, you know, like they're being used by the people who govern and regulate them. But that is that's pretty cowardly to to not be more public about this. Like, why isn't Mohella filing an amicus with the with the other side? Yeah, I don't good know, question. Man. I, this is this is just like it's funny because this is already like the public already knows that whatever decision 
is handed down against student debtors is bullshit because we see the Fed just shoveling sacks full of cash at banks. You know, Jerome Powell making the the money printer go and uh, (laughs) sorry, not going to buy our rolls uh, today. And you can invoke whatever legal justification you want because like we know it's bullshit. You're going to knock it down unlike how you allow the financial sector to get money without congressional oversight. And the fact that it's just a completely fabricated injury is just the cherry on top. Some of the blame here, though, does lie with President Biden, who instead of using uh, his authority or the authority given to the Secretary of Education under the Higher Education Act to immediately cancel outstanding student loans for as many people as they wanted to, could have been everybody, could have done the same program where you're canceling up to 20000 grand for students, citing the authority under the Higher Education Act and just doing it immediately, not having an application process, not having it means tested. Just do it. Wipe the balance and throw the records out. In which case, there was nothing the Supreme Court could have done. The money's already gone. There's nothing. There's like, it's over. Instead, what the Biden administration did is relied on a much weaker provision in the HEROES Act, which relies on there being an emergency for the Secretary of Education to modify loans. That emergency being the COVID-19 pandemic. And then have applications sent out and all this other stuff. But it was reported Uh, at the time that the Biden administration did this specifically because it didn't want to set a precedent where it would be so easy for future administrations to cancel student loan debt in this broad fashion. Because at the end of the day, Biden didn't want to do this. Biden doesn't really believe in student loan forgiveness. No, at least in in a more fulsome way. He was senator from Delaware when they made it harder to declare bankruptcy from your student loan debt. And and Hunter, who, you know, Republicans are obviously making him out to be worse than he is, but he was lobbying for MBNA at the time. And, you know, obviously the Biden family is scummy. Obviously, Joe is the uh, senator from fucking credit card state from the goddamn tax evading dump a bunch of shit into the river state so he doesn't want to do this and then on top of that we have nancy pelosi to thank for giving uh, uh chief justice roberts a juicy quote that has to be an act of congress yeah. press conference office of the speaker of the house july 28 2021 <laughs> that's right uh in the uh, opinion striking down the program, Robert cited what Nancy Pelosi said in a press conference about how Biden can't use his authority to cancel student loans. But we'll we'll get more into that later in the show. Um, oh yes, okay. My, <laughs> uh, I I wonder what segment of the show that will be. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Biden obviously shares some blame here. The White House says they're going to announce some other tool, unveil some other tool to help indebted students. Uh, I'm not 
confident it will be very effective. Um, Morgan Stanley analysis shows that uh, two-thirds of student loan debt holders uh, are going to struggle to have to, to, to make payments on their loans when they resume again in October. One-third said they just won't. They can't. They can't afford to make any payments. Another third said they'll have to cut back spending in other places to be able to afford making payments. We're talking about millions of people now. They're going to have to cut back on their consumer spending. New economic data today out on Friday shows that consumer spending is starting to decline. Uh, The economy is, by some measures, very strong and by some measures, very weak. And we'll see what a uh, giant hit to consumer demand does when that happens, when, uh, when student loan repayments restart in October. Hey, I think the Fed has uh, set us up for a soft landing and that when we land, parts of our body will be soft. (laughs) (sighs) Biden's still not doing anything about this. Despite all of this, despite these decisions and their flimsy rationale and the clear harm that the court is doing, Biden called the court not normal. He admitted that the court is too young and too conservative and can do real damage. He still opposes packing the court because he said it might politicize the court. (laughs) Well, I think they may do too much harm. Um, But uh, um, I think if we start the process of trying to expand the court, we're going to politicize it maybe forever in a way that is not healthy. That you can't get back. That you can't get back. Man, I am just sitting here in my basement, looking out the window at this really shitty air quality and thinking, what hope is there of any <laughs> of anything coming through the system? I'm not saying I'm not hopeful. I'm just saying that shit is going to have to look very different, very, very different indeed for... Um, you know, the hope to bear its fruit. I mean, you have this this fortress of reaction right in the middle of the U.S. system of government right now. And it's entrenched there, barring something wild happening, like one of the conservative, just older conservative justices dying and Democrats having a veto-proof majority in the Senate and having a Democratic president. Barring that from happening, that fortress is going to exist in the U.S. government, striking down any hope of progressive legislation to improve people's lives for decades, decades. And the party that's in opposition, it just doesn't want to address it. Just is like covering its eyes and ears, being like, we can't we can't politicize this. We can't politicize this. I just got to get through the week, bro. I just got to get through the week without politicizing the court, bro. But like, how long can the Democrats not do anything about it before people really are like broadcasting Supreme Court justices home addresses? <laughs> like, Which, by the way, can be easily found. Um, 
Yeah, a friend of Means Morning News, Luna Oi, was tweeting about how, like, imagine another country doing this and how American journalists would report on it, to which I replied, please help my country, it is in trouble. (laughs) I liked uh, that reply uh, on Twitter. Um, The Supreme Court does seem to recognize it is starting to tread in dangerous territory because uh, it has doubled its security detail since overturning Roe v. Wade. Um, And this is from The Intercept. Uh, 400 U.S. Marshals now protect the justices and their families, including 24-7 monitoring of social media for concerning communications, likely post-broadcasting the Supreme Court justices' home addresses. Or requests for foreign intervention from a uh, Vietnamese national. (laughs) Yes, yes. Wow, what a shitty week, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Moving on, this story was going to be the subject of a FOIA folly this week, and then days after it broke, someone on the inside got pissed and leaked key documents. On Tuesday, the Biden administration suddenly announced that it was dropping a major civil rights investigation. The Environmental Protection Agency had been looking into the permitting practices of the state of Louisiana, which have led to black communities being disproportionately exposed to harmful chemicals in part of the state known as Cancer Alley because of its industrial emissions. By Thursday, the environmental publication Grist published a draft agreement between the EPA and the state of Louisiana before talks between the two parties soured. Here is what the Biden administration abandoned. Quote, One of the most substantial terms of the resolution would have required state regulators to assess whether a community is already exposed to disproportionately high levels of pollution before permitting new plants there. The draft agreements also contain sweeping measures to change the way the state of Louisiana approves new industrial facilities, like folding community involvement into critical moments of the decision-making process and requiring officials to prove both before and after plants begin operating, that their emissions will not disproportionately harm people of color. In Louisiana, Gris noted, majority black communities are exposed to at least seven times the emissions on average as predominantly white communities in industrial areas. Now, appropriately, the EPA only took up this investigation because it was forced to In 2020, courts ruled that the agency was failing to enforce the Civil Rights Act. Of note, legal experts said that even despite the Supreme Court's makeup, Louisiana, the state of Louisiana, would likely lose. So the Biden administration has an open layup here. They're not taking the shot. In foreign policy news, the United States is softening its position against sending the Ukrainians long-range missiles. The Wall Street Journal reports that the Biden administration is now considering it. Reading from that report, quote, the Army Tactical Missile System, or ATACMS, has a range of about 190 miles, enough for Ukrainian forces to strike Russian targets far behind the front lines. President Biden hasn't signed off on the transfer in part out of concern among U.S. officials that Ukraine could use it to strike Russian territory and escalate the conflict into a wider war. I mean, so I just want to interject here for a second. So the the official U.S. line on the Nord Stream pipeline is that 
or the latest line is that the Ukrainians blew up the pipeline and we knew they were going to. We politely asked them to stop and then we didn't do anything. And, oh, why not have some long-range missiles on top of that? <laughs> yes, yes. The line is that Ukraine is operating as a rogue state bombing its allies um, and we're going Here's to some ICBMs. <laughs> yes, yes. Officials said that the matter is pending approval at the highest levels and that deliberations could continue while the U.S. assesses the situation on the ground in Ukraine. Officials in the U.S. and Europe have seen signs, however, that previously reluctant quarters of the U.S. government, namely the White House, have come to see an urgent need to bolster Ukraine's fight in the coming weeks. So pretty much every weapon that Ukraine has asked for that the Biden administration initially said uh, we're not comfortable giving you that because it could spiral the war out of control. Has eventually been granted. I will say, and this is not to say that um, public opinion should govern your politics here, but it is still very widely popular in terms of, you know, like 60% of the country wants to arm the shit out of Ukraine. It has decreased in popularity though it has but according to gallup not by that much and mostly on the republican side and even then there's a, a pretty even split i don't think we talked about the events in russia last weekend oh uh, <laughs> so that happened <laughs> huh? yeah uh wow um I don't have anything smart to say other than it seems like Russia entered into a incredibly stupid war and is kind of falling apart. Yeah. Uh, I, this might have, you know, not quite as far reaching uh, impacts as it initially looked like it might when you had a private militia of, 25,000 people within 200 kilometers of Moscow and the leader of that militia threatening to uh, take over the defense apparatus in the country. Um, it since looks like it's been resolved and it might have been like a contract dispute that Prigozhin was trying to play a heavy hand in resolving. Uh, over under probably six months on when this guy falls out of a window but yeah, he's probably going to get the uh, polonium gun. Huh? I do think it is symptomatic of at least the, the reaction of certain people in Russia to Prigozhin and the fact that there was zero opposition in Rostov when his uh, forces came and claimed the uh, military headquarters in that city. Uh, that the Russian armed forces are a total fucking mess and that Putin has done immense damage to his country by embarking on this invasion that SK and I didn't think he would do because we didn't think he was that fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, so in a way we were we were wrong because we were right. How about that? That's right. Um he has done immense damage to his own his own grip on power, his own mandate. I mean, like you saw the videos coming out of Rostov and, and dudes were just chilling. 
that one guy was biking down the street playing Afro Man, and like I, you know, he was a civilian, obviously, but it just, I kept on waiting for shit to start kicking off as soon as Rostov uh, was taken, and then it, it never really happened. Yeah, the um, some of the, and you know, this is some some online observations, but some of the the uh, U.S. commentators who are a member of the Z brigades, uh, who fucking love Putin and love Russia, were awfully silent while all this was going on. And then immediately, once it was resolved, they all came out with their comments about how, see, nothing's wrong. Everything it wasn't a coup. There was no issue. Putin is stronger than ever. It's just like something's kind of fucked up over there, though. Things are definitely not chill over there. I'm sorry. <laughs> like that shit was not normal. Anyway, some of the uh, latest news coming out about that Chinese quote unquote spy balloon. The Pentagon has released some details on it. Turns out it was full of U.S. made components like off the shelf components. And that it it didn't collect or transmit any information as it flew over the U.S. But the Pentagon is still claiming that it was a spy balloon because it could take pictures and because it had radar and other measuring devices. Ah, thank God, because it was because it was U.S. made. It was, it didn't actually work. <laughs> um, yeah, I. How do we not? this was like a weather balloon, right? Like was the U S technology like a thermometer or something? Was it AccuWeather? Uh, I have yet to see any information from the Pentagon that would rule out that it was a weather balloon. Like they keep saying it had sensors and it had, it had the ability to take photographs. Okay. So, so do I, I have an iPhone. Like if it wasn't, if it didn't have the capability to transmit information that it was seeing, and if it didn't collect information over the U.S. as the Pentagon claims, what kind of shitty ass intelligence apparatus is that? Yes, but what if it accidentally landed in China and the Chinese could recoup whatever it is they that could it, they could take the polaroid that, they could collect the polaroid oh, wait, that it did not collect that it did not collect china has recovered the balloon and taken the film to the cvs in china and uh will <laughs> be awaiting the findings all right time for some follies what are you looking at sk this week's FOIA folly concerns one of Washington's newest villains, Oklahoma Senator Mark Wayne Mullen. <sighs> Fucking hate this dude. This dude is a real piece of work, I'll tell you. Uh, so he's on the Senate, if you don't know, he's on the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, so-called HELP Committee, which is chaired by our sweet boy, Bernard Sanders. And because Mullen is in Sanders' shadow, he's taken it upon himself to constantly attack and smear labor unions, which this week led him to challenging Teamsters president Sean O'Brien to a fist fight. Yeah, yeah Mullen, we're, we're, we're going to talk about that later in the show, too. <laughs> he, Mullen is worth dozens of millions of dollars, at least $31 million dollars. 
He does that right-wing business tyrant thing where he portrays himself as a selfless job creator who only he knows what's best for his workers. But just a wee bit of digging, just a tiny bit of digging, shows that he is leaving out some parts of the story, one might say. One of his former companies, Mullen Plumbing, has two records on the Department of Labor Enforcement Action Database. This is from the time when Mullen still owned the firm, which, by the way, he was in the House of Representatives while he still owned the firm. One of these enforcement actions is from the Department of Labor's Wage and Hour Division, which found that in 2014, Mullen Plumbing violated the Fair Labor Standards Act, the law that governs the federal minimum wage. The other record is from OSHA, the workplace safety regulator, and that record pertains to four separate serious violations of the rules overseen by the agency. Unfortunately, the database is light on the details, so we're going to file FOIA requests for every last record related to these cases. And then and then Mark Wayne's going to try to fight us. Bring it. <laughs> I'll get punched in the face by a U.S. senator. Look what it did for Ben Jacobs' dorky ass. <laughs> We've been trying to figure out ways to pump the Patreon. I think we might have just figured it out. <laughs> MMA fight, Mark Wayne Mullen, you have three days to respond. For the record, I'm not saying I would necessarily lose. I'm just saying I am ready to get my ass beat by a U.S. senator. I don't think you'd lose. For money. I might lose. <laughs> I'm 37, dog. I'm not, I'm not what I used to be when we met. Okay, but he's probably like 57. Yeah, but he has like $31 million, so he probably drinks like boy blood. <laughs> You've got that dad strength now, though, you know? I do have that dad strength. I'm fighting for my little girl. There you go. There you go. All right. You know the routine. You can send us FOIA requests, or if you have ideas for us to send FOIA requests, DM us. Email us if you come across any files that you think are uh, noteworthy. Send them our way. Interns, going to need you to bring out the garbage can now. Oh, 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 oh. Ooh, bleh, bleh, bleh. Hey, none of you file OSHA complaints here. That smell, you brought that smell in with you. It, uh... Looks like the debris from the Titan submersible somehow has ended up <laughs> in our garbage can. There are human remains after all. We uh, collected Just a couple several, teeth. Just a couple teeth. We also collected several Coke cans from uh, Justice Clarence Thomas's recycling bin. There, uh, uh, did that yeah, joke yes. totally fall flat? Uh, it might require some explanation, so I'll just say yes. They have pubes on them. <laughs> okay. Garbage candidate number one. That's good, interns. Thank you. Garbage candidate number one, Chief Justice John Roberts. Uh, he decided to weigh in on the discourse around the Supreme Court in his final written opinion of the term. 
He wrote this aside, quote, it has become a disturbing feature of some recent opinions to criticize the decisions with which they disagree as going beyond the proper role of the judiciary. He then notes that three justices wrote the dissent and disagree. Quote, we do not mistake this plainly heartfelt disagreement for disparagement. It is important that the public not be misled either. Any such misperception would be harmful to this institution and our country. Oh, fuck off, dude. Roberts is probably residing over pound for pound the most corrupt institution in America. And he's worried about the perception, harmful perceptions from 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 dissent claiming that the court has gone beyond its proper role. Hmm, he thinks the baby doth protest too much. A bunch of libs were talking recently about how Roberts has moderated his position on this 6-3 court and safeguarded it from the most extreme whims of the reactionary majority. And in two days, that has been all thrown out the window. (laughs) Man, those libs, they love that news cycle when he won't sign on to like one of the more crazy decisions. They love, they cling to that news cycle. That's like their security blanket. Yeah. Where where are they? Where are they today? Where did they go? Roberts didn't sign on to the independent state legislature theory earlier in the week because they don't need to. (laughs) They already have (laughs) the game rigged. There's no reason to make it obvious and flip the game board table over. You know, I, I I can answer my own question, which is where are the um, where are the libs who love Roberts? I, you know, what they're doing is they're on Twitter right now, being like, vote, vote harder, shame your friends into voting. Shaming your friends works. This is all because of Jill Stein. This is all because of Ralph Nader. Oh, I've seen them. I've seen the tweets. Garbage candidate number two. It's Nancy Pelosi. Told you we'd be back to this. Uh, As we mentioned, Roberts cited Pelosi in the opinion to cancel Biden's student loan program. Pelosi saying in a press conference last year that Biden can't do this on his own. He doesn't have the authority to do this on his own. A position that that Pelosi took because that was what some of the wealthier Democratic donors wanted her to take. And look, obviously, Roberts was going to come to this decision, even if Pelosi didn't say this. Remember, the court, the way it operates, is it first arrives at the conclusion it wants, and then it works backwards and makes the rules up to fit that conclusion. But this is just a good reminder of how utterly unhelpful Pelosi has been over the last few years when it comes to any policy to improve the lives of working class people. Well, I mean, to be fair, the president can only act unilaterally when he's doing bad things and he can't do it when he's doing good things. And this was decided in the uh, 1983 case, uh, Bad V. Good. 
Uh, moving on. Garbage candidate number three. It's New York City Mayor Eric Adams. Oh, my God. Who had a meltdown when he was asked this week about rising rent in New York City. For the second year in a row, the city's rent stabilization board has agreed to raise rents. And he was confronted by that uh, by a, a woman at a recent press conference. And here was his reaction. In Nassau, they have a zero percent rent increase. Why in New York City, where the real estate is controlling you, Mr. Mayor, why are we having these horrible rent increases last year and this year? Okay, first, if you're going to ask a question, don't point at me and don't do, be disrespectful to me. I'm the mayor of this city and treat me with the respect I would I deserve to be treated. I'm speaking to you as an adult. Don't stand in front like you treated someone that's on the plantation that you own. Give me the respect I deserve and engage in the conversation. Up here in Washington Heights, treat me with the same level of respect I treat you. So don't be pointing at me. Don't be disrespectful to me. Speak with me as an adult because I'm a grown man. I walked into this room as a grown man, and I'm going to walk out of this room as a grown man. I answered your question. Uh, okay, so the woman that Adams just accused of being a, a racist plantation owner because she... Uh, rather aggressively asked him what the deal is with rent increases. She's actually a Holocaust survivor who's now an affordable housing advocate. Hmm. Adams also didn't answer the question about why he's in the pocket of real estate capital in the city. Is that good for a New York city politician to harangue a Holocaust survivor? (laughs) Probably not. Garbage candidate number four, it's Jesse Waters. Fox News personality is taking over Tucker Carlson's time slot on Fox News, and he might even be worse than Tucker Carlson. Uh, He's definitely more cringe than Tucker Carlson. CNN reported on how Waters was invited to address a conference of insurance executives. You'd think it'd be a friendly audience for the Fox News man, but he even crossed the line with them. This is uh, from the CNN report, quote, Waters, who has a history of making offensive remarks on Fox News, made a crude comment questioning the gender of Vice President Kamala Harris, the people said. The gross attempt at humor prompted some laughs, but also outrage. Some executives, many of whom planned to attend a diversity and inclusion luncheon later in the day, squirmed in their seats as a wave of awkwardness washed over the audience. Others walked out of the room and conveyed to the trade association that they were appalled at the behavior exhibited by Waters. Quote, it was an epic meltdown afterward. One of the people familiar with the matter told me, quote, the organization went into damage control. The uh, guy at the conference who invited Jesse and interviewed him for the Q&A as part of the event was immediately sidelined for the rest (laughs) of the event. You know, I know this is not the point of why this sucks and why Jesse Waters is, you know, is a frat boy loser. But I, I'm also wondering, like, how how did this joke even work? Who knows? Like, if you told me he made a joke about Kamala being on, like, on Xanax, I would be like, oh, yeah, I get it. Like, maybe not appropriate, but I, I get where the, the joke, I guess. His entire brand of humor is to, like, force things... To try and li- trigger the libs. So he's probably just like, oh, I'm going to call Kamala Harris transgender. Hmm. 
Well, he did uh, trigger some libs, it seems, and several other people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coolest thing Ryan Grimm ever did was punch this guy several years ago. Uh, Too bad Ryan Grimm sucks now also. Yep. Garbage candy number five. It's Mark Wayne Mullen. Another promise fulfilled here. All the reasons Sam uh, mentioned earlier. Um, Look. You should never get so mad online that you try to fight someone in real life. And that's especially true if you're a United States senator. Yet, Mullen did just that after Teamsters President Sean O'Brien ragged on him in a few tweets. Mullen challenged O'Brien to an MMA fight for charity. He gave O'Brien three days to respond don't think O'Brien's going to respond considering that O'Brien is off to much larger things right now, like picking a fight with UPS and on the verge of provoking the largest private employer strike in U.S. history. For all we know, uh, Mark Wayne Mullen might have been challenging him to a fight to try to weaken the uh, Teamsters position at the table. Yeah, distract uh, from from the teams. Distract the teamsters. Pitbull there, Sean O'Brien. He won't fall for it though. O'Brien knows where the no. priorities are. You know, like I gotta say, established union leadership has been disappointing for many decades in the U.S. Sean O'Brien's been pretty good. And we'll see. Yeah, uh, I mean, we'll see how far this goes with this potential strike against UPS. Yeah, I mean, he ran for the uh, organization's presidency on, you know, on being more of a fighter, being more of a class conscious fighter and uh, less uh, business unionist. So glad to see this come to fruition. It's happening across the union movement. Let let it let it bloom. Let it ride. Yeah, with a with a month to go until the labor contract expires and O'Brien is saying, "Give us your last best final offer right now to UPS." That's some that's some big dick energy. <laughs> All right, garbage can number 6. It's Richard Branson. Oh great, another space tourism company, Branson Branson's Virgin Galactic made its inaugural commercial flight this week, taking off in New Mexico taking a trio of paying customers, three guys from Italy, on a trip sort of into space. It like barely, if at all, crossed the the line, that, the Karaman line that separates the atmosphere into space. Uh, people on Virgin Galactic get to experience a few minutes of weightlessness. Uh, they do have to pay about 400 grand for a seat to do it. Branson claims he's got about 800 seats reserved already from people who've already who've already confirmed that they're going to pay to go on a ride uh, on Virgin Galactic. That's that's uh, such a high price, $400,000. I mean, I know of an oceanic adventure you can take for a mere $250,000. <laughs> Everybody's talking about how OceanGate shouldn't be offering its trips anymore, but <laughs> I'm, it, considering it, it in, I'm considering investing in the company. <laughs> uh, all right. Who's going in the garbage can this week? 
Hmm. It's got to be the Chief Justice. I'm, I mean, that's a big fish to throw in there, but it's been a bad week, and I think it's justified. Let's do it. John Roberts, you were going in the garbage can. Oh, is that, is that, oh God, it's Scalia's corpse. <laughs> oh, and RBG's in there too? Oh, oh. oh man. <laughs> I thought I might have crossed the line, and then you definitely made sure we crossed the line there too. Well, it is important that the public not be misled. Very true. That is the show. Thank you for your support. We don't lie around here. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We're here in D.C. so that you don't have to be.